You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com and at www.thefireplacechurch.org, where every night at 7 p.m. every Sunday night at 7 p.m. CST Central Standard Time. We are hanging out and enjoying service and fellowship together. Now, I have a couple announcements. Um, this At the end of this month, uh, I am going to be doing the Kingdom uh, class. The discipleship courses at Bride Ministries have historically been an eight-week course, and uh, we're looking at rearranging how we do those because, uh, one, I, I'm considering myself my own personal time obligations, but two, we found that, you know, for a lot of people, the eight-week uh, journey and commitment was a bit challenging. Uh, people sometimes had a hard time committing to all eight or even seven of the eight, and so what we're doing is we're trying, we're experimenting with a different delivery, uh, which is a weekend conference style presentation of the entire eight week course. And so what happened is at the end of the um, month, we'll, we'll basically do a Friday night with two of the sessions and then Saturday for the sessions and then the last two on Sunday morning. And so you are welcome to sign up for our kingdom class. Many of you will be getting an email about that. And uh, at bridemovement.com, we have integrated class signups with the website platform. So you can just go right in there and just sign up. Uh, I encourage you, bridemovement.com under a classes and events tab. And we're going to be having a great time as usual. You know, one of the coolest things we do at Bride Ministries is our conferences because we have 
I mean, it's amazing material, and, and yeah, that's a shameless plug, but then we have you guys, and it's the people that make the experience, because when everyone comes to the table, brings their insights, their opinions, their experiences, and we dialogue about it, there is growth, there is fruit, there's fun, there's laughter, there's community and engagement, I invite you to hang out with us for the Kingdom Conference. Now, in addition to that, guys... Uh, uh, we've been getting some emails, but okay, Daniel's mentioned the Sheep Nations conference. He's going to do a conference on this subject. When is that coming? I, I'm telling you, there's, there's a lot going on right now as, as far as uh, my schedule and how I can work things in. But I am I, I am committing to June. I am going to be working on this packet as soon as I get my hands free enough to do that and uh, create some conference proceedings material, something for everyone to walk away with because we do that for all of our conferences, but I am committing to June as the time probably later June, but you know, we're going to, we're going to make an announcement. It will be June for the sheep nations conference. And, and that'll post to our website and you'll be able to sign up right there and it'll be nice and smooth. And so look forward to that guys. That is coming up as well at bride ministries. Now, let me remind you guys, we are a nonprofit organization. Um, we are doing a number of things. All of it costs money and, uh, we appreciate those of you that are financially supporting us. We want to encourage those of you that haven't begun financially supporting us yet. But feed off of this program. Enjoy what we do. Enjoy what we produce. I invite you. Uh, BrideMovement.com, thefireplacechurch.org. We have donate buttons. Also, you can write to us at P.O. Box 6173, Texas, Texas 75505. With that said, we're going to be getting to an amazing program with a prophet um, Daryl Crawford Marshall, uh, just an amazing brother. Really love him. Uh, another one of my friends from Australia. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Folks, we are on Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. And let me tell you something. I am really looking forward to today's program. We are getting joined again, and this will be for the second time, by Daryl Crawford Marshall. And he is um, one of the pastors at Field of Dreams. Yes, um, another one of my good friends from Australia. And he and his wife, Belinda, have a heart for souls and equipping the body um, to walk in the fullness of what God has promised to all believers. 
uh, they move extensively in the prophetic and are passionate about training people for revival and unlocking the prophetic gift in everyone. And I'll tell you something, Daryl is over what you could call a school of prophets. I mean, they are definitely raising up the prophetic. Um, and and it's really exciting to watch. And I'll tell you, um, you guys responded really powerfully to him the last time I had him on. Apparently, he's still getting emails from our first program. Daryl, welcome back to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you so much. And let me just say, it's, it's such a delight to be with you again. It really, really is. It's a real honor. <laughs> well, you know, every, every time we get together, Daryl, it's just a great time. I'll tell you, go, coming to Australia was just wonderful, really good for me personally. Um, it's wild to travel all the way around the world just to, you know, sit down and have a chat with some friends. But um, <laughs> that's what the Lord did. And, and he sure did. you know, oh, my gosh, when we were there, you were beginning to tell me about some things that the Lord had been dealing with you on. Mm-hmm. Regarding prophets, seers, and how God is really instating these gifts in the church in a in a new kind of way in this season. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, the people that listen to this program are very um, gifted. Um, mm-hmm. they, they definitely do not fit your typical you know, conservative Christian box. I, I'll just leave it at that. I, you know, I know because we get some of the emails, we have them show up at our conferences. Um, and, and it's awesome because I see God doing a really awesome thing in the earth and he's doing things in a way he hasn't done them, you know, in the past 40, 50 years. And, and we're trying to figure it out. Um, anyway, with that said, you, you have a lot of experience as as one who has walked in the office of prophet, seer. I mean, you really move in this area, brother. Uh, what has the Lord been putting on your heart? Yeah, okay. So in a nutshell, I guess one of the uh, – every every person seeing in part, you know, and every person will be given a, a specific message in each different season. And I'm talking about people that are, that are called to specifically equip the body, and you would understand this as well, Daniel, that you go in seasons too. So in seasons, God will be saying, okay, there's an emphasis on warfare in this season, Daniel, and maybe you steer – uh, some of your a lot of your teaching and maybe some of your other stuff towards that and 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 so what's been happening with me specifically probably for I would say probably for about 18 months God's been speaking to me very very specifically about the prophets coming home about the prophets coming home and it's not just a, it, it, it's just it's actually a very very deep process and a deep topic and I really feel like what God wants to instill in the hearts of many many kind of believers at this time is that first of all we're all designed we're all designed to move prophetically we're all designed to move in the prophetic but I feel like what God's doing is he's bringing us back to this place where we understand that we all fit as part of the body where we all fit together and 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 if we don't fit as part of the body we're actually we're not as, we're, we're actually not moving in the fullness of the mandate that we're called to move into now um i can go into uh, go into um things with regards to how what things have come against prophetic people in the past to actually lure them away from actually being connected into the body or connected into community um, 
and that has actually been a specific assignment against prophetic people or sensitive, I, I like to call them sensitive people, um, prophetically or sensitive people in order that they would not be able to fulfill the mandate that God has for them. And so it's actually been a directive, it's actually been a demonic directive, I believe, to ensure that those people never walk out the fullness of who they are as prophetic people and, and as a much needed part of the body. Now, I'm going to bait you with something, Daryl. Okay. Yep. So, um, I believe that keeping gifts like the prophet and the seer out of mm-hmm. fellowship mm-hmm. creates a void in the ability for the body of Christ to effectively engage the spirit realm with their authority. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yep. so we end up running around trying to get things done blindfolded, so to speak. Uh, yep. We train ourselves Absolutely. to teach, to speak prayers that are... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they may sound right, but it's just like throwing darts into an open field and hoping one of them hits a target. Whereas, yep. mm-hmm. you know, I, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to bait you here a little bit. Okay. Well, I oh, mean, yeah. I how do you think that prophets and seers can help once they begin to be placed in the context of fellowship in a body accepted wide, you know, widely? Well, this is a this is a great this is a great topic. This is actually my favorite my favorite topic at the moment. As I said, I really believe that many prophets are actually being called back into local church context in this season. And when I use the word season, Daniel, I'm talking about five to ten years. So I believe within the next five to ten years that most people that are operating, first of all, in the office, but also just that high level prophetic gifting, seers and people that are called to work at work, work in, in those, in that context, that they're all going to be re- coming into a place where they're reconnecting with, with the, with the body within that time frame. So what, so, so your question is with regards to how does it, what does it look like when they reconnect? Well, what it looks like, first of all, is it actually looks like, and this is, I'm just going to talk about the process, if that's okay, just about the process of what I feel like it's going to look like as they come in, and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll answer your question um, more specifically. But first of all, I really believe that the first stage looks like when people get reconnected, it actually looks like coming into a place of healing. Now, I really believe that because there's been levels of rejection, um, over the prophetic, and we're talking about over the last, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, where there's been a level of rejection over prophetic people and a sensitivity. This isn't about one particular person or one particular de- denomination or church. This has actually been a spiritual dimension or dynamic that has been designed to actually bring harm to people. So what? Well, first of all, the, what's the first stage then? Well, if people have been hurt by the spirit, by the family of God. Well, the first stage then is that they actually come into a place of healing. So they come into a place where they come into local church assembly and they might be completely activated in the realm of the spirit. But the first process is actually that there's a healing of the heart where people actually learn what it is to actually be able to operate in family and in that context again. Because what happens is if people aren't healed at a heart level, You'll come into a church. I'm talking now to let, let's just let's just let's just be very direct now. So I'm an extreme seer. So right now I'm talking to extreme seers and extreme mystics. I think we'll just start there and then we'll come back down if that's cool. So for those people that are extreme seers and extreme mystics, what God wants to do for you specifically is He wants to have you 
first of all healed anything in your heart that has that, uh, with regard that has been um, that has that has uh, come by way of any kind of rejection to get that healed and then from that place learning how to partner with the spirit of wisdom to see your what you're seeing and what you're sensing to see that then um, put uh, sorry to, to see that then work appropriately in the local congregation that God has um, God has placed you in you know God spoke to me many years ago and he said Daryl the more and people will like this you'll start to catch where I'm going but God spoke to me and he said the more you uh, sorry the less you say Daryl the more you'll see the less you say, the more you'll see. And I was like, well, God, why would that be? You know, I'm called to, you know, my mouth is a weapon and I'm supposed to be able to speak things out. And then I realized what happened was that God put a an incredibly large dollop of uh, um, a prophetic, I guess, a prophetic anointing on me. And then what happened was I raised up so quickly, I started to see so much stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm seeing everything, I'm seeing everything, I'm seeing everything. And all I wanted to do then was to, was to say, hey, this is. I see this happening, or I'm discerning this happening, and I started. It started to come up so quickly, and and then I realised that it was because I was being wise, withholding my holding my tongue, and not actually speaking out everything that I was seeing. And then God was actually teaching me, me then to partner with a spirit of wisdom to be able to then appropriate the things I was seeing, rather than just going, yeah, I'm seeing this and I'm seeing that, which actually ended up would end up doing damage because a high-level discernment with a lack of ability to administrate through love and wisdom is actually very, very dangerous. So, so that, so I hope to, so does that answer a little bit of the, what so, you were so, saying? So what you're saying is, um, okay. Yep. God is bringing these uh, prophetic and sensitive people back into fellowship. I, I know I appreciate them immensely. Uh, yep. and, and, and so, as that process is happening for people, though, mm-hmm. there has to be a healing of the heart where damage, yes. wounding, and rejection has taken place. Otherwise, yep. it, that damage, wounding, and, and rejection works its way into the execution exactly. of the gift. Exactly. Exactly. And – oh, sorry. Go on. No. Yep. No. Yeah. So that's exactly it. So it's an, it works into the execution of the gift. But more than that, what happens is if – we come into a place then when we haven't been healed, we immediately, we still have a default setting of rejection. So what happens is that if you release a word and you feel, and you walk out and that you've still got that sense of rejection where you're not getting your security identity through Christ, you know, you're a beloved son or daughter, you know, there's nothing you can do for approval and all of those things. And you're not looking for any kind of, you're not looking for any of man's affirmation. Until such a time as that place is healed, what happens is that you'll release something prophetically or you'll process and you'll literally feel like you're being rejected all over again. And it's just it's literally like a cycle that will go over and over and over. And that's why. And let me just be straight up, because I know I know one of the things I love about this show, Daniel, is you really allow people you really allow people a liberty to be able to speak what's on their heart in a place of wisdom, too. And I really honor you for that. But this is the thing, is is that's why people float from church to church, and that's why prophetic people have had such a bad reputation as being floaters. Because what happens is they say, oh, I'm just here for a season and God's going to move me on. And that's actually rubbish. It's actually a lie. Because God, because God doesn't work like that. God will plant you for extended seasons sometimes. But what happens is people, a lot of the time, people say, oh, you know, I'm here, I've been here for a month and I've done what I was called to do in that church. That's actually not true because 
what people are doing is they've actually that's actually a self-appointed ministry and it hasn't even been invited in under the spiritual apostolic prophetic covering of the house that you're in so what happens is that people are in this delusion where they go i'm just doing work for god and i'm going here i'm going here i'm going here i'm going to bur probably bursting some bubbles right now but that floatiness isn't god and it's not what the prophetic people are supposed to be see prophetic people are designed to be designed to be able to designed to be heavenly minded but grounded on the earth just like jesus was so the thing is when we're grounded on the earth your prophetic gift actually has incredible impact it has incredible impact and and i feel like that's i feel like that's where we're going at the in this season is is god saying hey you know you've been going from church to church and floating and all of that stuff you'll see where i'm going but the reason that that's happened is because people don't want to get too close because they've been rejected before so as soon as those relationships start to develop in a local church again um People are, oh my goodness, I don't want to get rejected. So there's a reaction that happens, and then they leave that church. Or the pastor says one thing to them about them praying for someone or prophesying over someone where it was inappropriate. They can't, and they they they're not good at taking correction. And then they're like, oh well, that church is full of witchcraft anyway. And it's just it's just not true. It's actually, I always say this to people. I say, what's the common denominator in you moving from church to church, and then you know, and finding problems in all the churches? And they go, oh, well, I don't know. And I say, well, it's you. You're the common denominator. So, so it's, it, it is, it's true. You're the common, and that's the funny thing. And I have people all the time, they go, I went to this church and they had witchcraft there and I had, went to this church and there was control there and I went to this church and there was a problem there. And literally I'm just looking at them because I've been pastoring prophets for, for at least um, eight years solidly pastoring prophets, people that are called into a fivefold office and help them land. And help them kind of reconnect uh, or connect, reconnect to the body and connect to where they're supposed to be so that they can start to fulfill more of the mandate that God has for them. But in that process, I've actually had to say, hey, you know what? You're actually in a place of delusion because what you're picking up, the manipulation, the stuff, is actually the stuff that you're trading in. So that's, that's yeah. Let's, People let's, have a fear of good. Go on, sorry. No, no, it's really, really good stuff. Let's take a step back um, for a minute before we expand this and build. For those that are listening and they're like, oh, they're just right in there. Um, I don't really know what prophetic or seer ministry looks like. Can you just take a few minutes and tell me, okay, what does prophetic and seer ministry look like in practical implementation? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it 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 differs with every, obviously it differs with every person. So in terms of the practical implementation of any kind of prophet i guess the prophetic see, see what you've got is you've got highly prophetic people so you've got many so so i've mentored people who are more prophetic than i am in terms of and the way that i say that is there seems to be an incredible and i'm pretty prophetic but there seems to be an incredible ability for people to be able to engage and do things in the realms of the spirit sometimes or to be able to see or discern things of the angelic or you know at, uh, be able to prophesy with incredible accuracy from people's destiny scrolls words of knowledge being able to move in the realms of uh, sorry being able to move in the things of the prophetic inverted commas and so and so you've got that but then you've also got the office of a prophet and so the difference the difference between those things so you're saying what does the practical administration look like see i believe that every person in the body of christ is called to be prophetic i believe that we're actually called to be a prophetic company now in the book of acts you've got barnabas and he was called the son of encouragement 
by the by the apostles, which was the paraclesis, which was basically, uh, you know, the, and then the comforter, the same same name as was given to the Holy Spirit. And so, but he was from the tribe of Levi, which were the priests. So I believe that that was actually a prophetic sign to the body, saying that saying that every person in the body is called to be prophetic, but is actually called to be an encourager of one another. So what happened was that there was a, so you've got so 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 with the body then so everyone is um, called to be prophetic and called to be able to prophesy. I really believe everyone is called to be able to to be able to prophetically intercede for something for nations to be able to pray into all those into all those areas but then you've got the people that are called specifically to help people hear the voice of god that's their primary thing on their heart they're like i just want people to be able to hear god's voice for themselves that is actually a really strong indicator that someone's called to the office of a prophet so because ephesians 4:11 which is in no way redundant in this season, talks about prophets being uh, prophets being equippers to equip the body for the work of the ministry. And so it's not just activating people in the prophetic, but the first stage of activating anyone in the prophetic, you know, to be able to see or hear in the things of the Spirit is actually to be able to hear the voice of God. There's nothing more important than that. And so I'm writing a book at the moment, and this is kind of one of the primary things that I'm talking about. It's called the battle, the battle to belong. But this is one of the primary things I'm talking about is what it looks like when the whole body is able to hear the voice of the Lord. So in terms of your question about practical administration, what does it look like to be able to practically administrate? It's actually about hearing something from the Lord and then doing what God wants you to do with that in the context of a local church assembly. And I think the only expression that we've had of that, Daniel, is people getting prophetic words and then saying, hey, I've got a prophetic word for you. And a lot of the time that's been, that has, I believe a lot of the time that hasn't even been administrated very well either because there hasn't been, you know, we only see in part, there's a lot of car part, they call them car part prophecy, where you isolate someone and you give them a directional word, which could be true, but there is, there's no implementation of wisdom in that to say, well, actually, I've got this word for them, but first of all, what am I getting out of giving them this word? And secondly, is this actually the word that they want to hear? Because I feel like you're talking about practical administration. I see so much, but I'm not actually called to say everything that I see, so... Mm. Sorry, does that help? Really good, really good. Okay, so um, let, let me ask you this question, right? Uh, why do you think, that, what are the main points of why people that tend to be more prophetic get rejected? I mean, I mean, and, and I'm going to let you talk about this from both sides, you know, personal issue side and church issue yeah. side, because it's a two sided coin. Yeah. Um, what are the yeah. main points? Why are people getting rejected? Yeah. OK, so I think, first of all, that we need to look at it in the context of this of 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 a spiritual reality. And I talked about it before about there being uh, I really believe a strategic assignment uh, from the enemy over anyone prophetic. To, to literally to attract rejection. So I'm just, so look, I'm, I'm, I mean, well, I don't need to go in, into it any more than that. But first of all, we need to look at that context. Then what, then the re, then one of the reasons that I believe that people um, get, I say that they get rejected more is actually because to be prophetic, you need, uh, I, was, I was in a meeting actually just recently and there was an amazing prophet called Jenny Hagar and she was speaking and she she said something she's a very good friend of mine and she she was said something quite profound and and I've heard it many times before but when Jenny said it 
it really, really touched me because Jenny's 77 um, and she's just been she's just been on the ground, you know, called as a as a fivefold prophet in South Australia for many, many, many years. And she said this. She said, people always said to me in my life, you need to be less sensitive. But the reality is that that's my greatest gift. So my greatest gift has become so it's nearly like your greatest gift is also is your biggest weakness, but also your biggest strength. And I really believe that the reason that people face rejection uh, more or they experience rejection is this combination of the enemy just not wanting them to connect and knowing that the because they're sensitive, words carry can carry a lot more weight for a sensitive person than somebody that isn't as sensitive. So basically, uh, many years, for many years, and you, uh, I'll share with you some of my stuff, but for many years, sometimes people would say to me, you just need to be thicker skinned. You just need to be thicker skinned. But that's that's not right because, I'm a, because I am a sensitive prophet. So the reality is that I need to, uh, it's nearly like there's a real, there's, it, it, it's nearly like there's a very, very fine balance and I know when the balance is going off and I need to maintain that sensitivity to the voice of God and a sensitivity to what's happening in the realm of the spirit. And so I need to maintain that sensitivity. And as soon as I think I need to toughen myself up, I actually shut down part of my sensitivity to what God's doing. And that's and that's uh, one of the reasons that I believe that people get rejected far more is actually just because of their a, a high level of sensitivity. You would understand, like with a sensitive child, you're, you know, they're, they're, they're easily upset. Things can, but that's actually not, it's not a problem. It's actually just a wiring issue. And that's why I believe that people experience far more rejection because of that, with that. So people saying something, that and a combination of the enemy uh, literally strategically targeting people with negative words to actually throw them off balance is is part of the reason that sensitive and prophetic people uh, experience more rejection in in, uh, in in out of relationships in local church. That is extremely insightful, Daryl. Spoken like somebody who's actually tracked this <laughs> in multiple yeah. lives and uh, case studies. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have. Oh yeah, uh, and um, let, let's talk about this a little further. Um, okay, so you said the prophets are coming home, meaning that they probably haven't been home. You talked a little bit about mm-hmm. how you know some people have been very flighty, and that's actually reflective of personal issues. Um, you know, God actually mm-hmm. does plant us in places for extended seasons which I agree with. And um, what are some of the other reasons why God is telling you the prophets are coming home? Yeah, that's a great question. And that, and that kind of segues into, into what I feel like um, I was supposed to be talking about today was I really believe, and this is, this is where it gets really, really exciting. Um, not that it wasn't exciting before, but we are all mystics, you know. And, and when you when you when you love the things of the mystical, you love the things of the spirit. <laughs> and so, so, so this is this is the reality. The reality is this: that I believe that most um, highly prophetic people are coming home because part of their mandate. And this isn't going to be yes, I'm here to do this job, uh, you know, where we're going on getting on our high horse and saying I'm here to do this. But I feel like part of our mandate is actually loving the body into a place of being able to embrace the mystical things of the realm of the spirit or the let's call it let's call it christian christian mystics you know so bringing people back into a a reality uh, sorry a revelation and understanding that literally that really every christian is called to have 
a, a, a level of mystical understanding or mystical experience. And I believe that that's actually what we're doing or why we're being, one of the reasons that we're coming back is because the body needs to actually come up now into a place where they start to engage in the things of the spirit and, and see that engaging in the things of the spirit, engaging with the angelic, engaging with spirit beings, engaging with, with, with in different realms and, and, and doing what that, that is actually part of normal Christianity. And I believe that that's done in a number of ways. Some people, I believe that some people are coming back to equip through teaching. Some people are coming back to a, a, equip through a example so even just giving testimonies of of things that have happened but i really believe that god is calling us up into a place where we actually start to bridge this and it actually it's actually in two stages i believe because i actually believe it's connected to evangelism in this season as well and this is why i love talking because i just this is where we want, i want to go today because i believe that what's happening is that where there has been a massive amount of counterfeit in the world in terms of uh, in terms of psychics on TV and 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 you know uh, not just psychics but uh, mediums and and uh, illusionists that walk on water and all of this stuff, I actually believe that God is calling the church up into a place to be demonstrators of the realm of the invisible. That's actually where I feel like we are. And so because of that, the only way that that's going to happen for the church to be in a place where they can start to demonstrate the things of the invisible, and I'm not just talking about prophetic people, I'm talking about the whole church, anyone that wants it to actually come into a place where they can demonstrate the realm of the invisible to the world, and that actually comes with power, and then people get saved. That's what Paul says, you know, he said, I did not come to you with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power. And that's one of the things that I feel like God's calling us into is to learn what it looks like to demonstrate the things of the invisible to, to a lost and dying world so that they can actually put their faith in, in the power of God. Demonstrating the things of the invisible. Mm. You know, I, 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 I think, Daryl, that this is merges so well with some of the stuff I talk about with Kingdom. Because I love to talk about the kingdom as, you know, the realm in which God is king, right? And so kingdom living becomes an effort to marry heaven and earth through us and the execution of our ministry. We're, that we are actually supposed to walk in partnership with heaven. Mm-hmm. But how do we walk in partnership with heaven? We're walking in partnership with spiritual things, spiritual resources, spiritual environments, spiritual tools, um, that can affect this world and what happens in it greatly. But mm-hmm. if you don't know what's there and what's on the other side of the veil, you wouldn't even know what's available to be used. Exactly. Yep. I totally agree. You know, mm-hmm. um, just a, a small example of this, I, 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 like with certain spiritual weapons, right? Um, or we can even stay away from spiritual weapons. We could talk about oil of anointing. You know, and and it's like you 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 could say you know there is oil of anointing and just talk about it like a, a a concept you know and 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 that the priest used to anoint with oil and stuff and you know just leave it there it's a Bible study lesson right or you could talk about it as a prophetic person and say hey you know I see that the Lord has delivered to you a flask of oil and it's like oh wow that's a really cool prophetic word 
But that Mm -hmm, prophetic mm -hmm. word actually activates something in the uh, spirit because when that believer connects what has been spoken into them with faith, they can say, wait a minute, I own that word. Because, you know, the, the Greek word for word is also the word for thing. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it, and, and so it's actually a thing. And and so that once that word's active, you could take that oil and say, no, I'm going to take my oil and I am prophetically pouring it over that person's head. And you could even make a physical action. It's, it's like a prophetic act. And take your arm and put it on top of the person's head with nothing in your hand. Yet there is this engagement in the spirit where the person suddenly has an impartation oh my goodness Mm -hmm. i feel this warm presence of the lord just flowing from my head to my toes and all you did was tip your arm over my head and 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 and, you know some christians would say oh that's witchcraft that's not witchcraft i think that's exactly what you're talking about beginning to engage two realms by faith and and it is the prophetic that opens this Mm -hmm. up because i've watched it yep yep that's and that's that's exactly it that's exactly where we are, I started to, um, I guess, work with angels more. Not, not now. Let's let's just put this into context as well. This wasn't every place that I went, and you know, every 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 time I ministered, I do a lot of ministry in churches and in uh, in groups and conferences. But there would be some times that I would feel very strongly these angels were with me. This is exactly what you're talking about. And I'd, and I would know that they were there to actually demonstrate the reality of the kingdom of heaven. And so what would happen was that exactly what you're saying, people would be able to experience tangibly those things which they cannot see with their natural eyes. And this was really, really important. And so it wasn't just uh, so what happens is you've got your five senses, then you've got your spiritual senses. But what uh, I won't go into that now. But what uh, God was speaking to me about was actually when people with their natural senses start to pick up things from the heavenly realm, it actually activates them in the realm of the spirit where they start to come up and the thing, not just their spiritual senses, but they start to come up into a place where they, where they um, even, even uh, indirectly start to engage with the things of the spirit like never before. So a really, really easy example. And I love what you said about the pouring out of the oil. Really easy example is if you're in a meeting and an angel comes in and, 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 um, the angels say the angels releasing say say you're releasing a word about fire and the the fire angels come in and they start to release fire the fire of God into a congregation. Now, just saying to people, do you feel heat? Well, there and they say yes, I'm actually feeling heat. Well, that's a natural sense. They're actually saying, oh, you know, in my natural senses, I'm feeling heat on my hand. I'm feeling it. I'm sensing it. And so, what what would happen is then what this is what I feel like we're being called to do is demonstrate the in, invisible. Uh, is literally saying to people, well, the reason that you are feeling the heat now is because there is an angel that has been released to experience, sorry, to release fire over you so that you know that the kingdom of heaven is real and so that you know that there is now, and exactly what you said, there is a merging of those two realms. And that's what I feel like we're being called to do. So we're being called, we're being awakened to be able to sense what's happening in the realm of the spirit and then to be able to partner with that by spit, like you said, by speaking it out and saying, this is actually what is happening. And then people are actually experiencing it. And then they're coming into an awakening 
of the first of all the reality of heaven if they're non-believers you know the reality that heaven is a real place but for believers they're actually coming into a place going oh my goodness not it's not just the invisible world realm is real but i'm actually i'm actually called and able and invited to partner with that invisible world to actually see the kingdom of heaven come in 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 more abundance it's really really exciting now this is what what makes me upset daryl okay it makes me upset that the people that work in the kingdom of darkness merge you know their world with the world of the demons and evil spirits and in that merger they're doing all kinds of really supernatural things supernatural experiences supernatural power and the church responds to that by saying stay away from it only because it's bad and complain about it behind closed doors now nothing wrong with staying away from it stay away from it yes just sit back and complain about it behind closed doors i think is backwards because what that does is that gives all the glory to the kingdom of darkness say hey you guys are the only ones that get to merge realms that is the 3d world and your experience here with the supernatural and we who have access to the superior realm and the superior power who is jesus (laughs) will not engage and we'll just complain about what you're doing Mm -hmm. that makes me upset daryl because i think that god has something bigger i actually think that he can demonstrate things that make what the kingdom of darkness does with their demons and incantations look like petty stuff. Yep. Yep. Totally. And and that's where I mean that's where we and that's where we are. Because I feel like what it is is there's been this this incredible fear and trepidation to be able to even to be able to even talk about stuff. So you go actually uh, so people and then what happens is people establish various things to safeguard people away from something but those those things that have been established have actually been established from fear yes and so what i feel and and you can't set up something and i really believe that the body of christ has 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 had a massive tendency to set up whatever it is it might be a a system of protocol it might be it could be anything it could be the way we do stuff in church now and we you know going back to the prophetic stuff but it was all set up in a place from a place of fear, and fear is a spirit. It's actually a demon. So what? So the, so enemy, the enemy is re- reinforcing stuff and saying, "I don't want you guys to go there because you might get." And this is the biggest lie: is you might get you might get deceived. You might, well, the thing is, we have the spirit of God within us. We have the the word of God to be able to weigh up everything according to the full counsel of scripture so therefore we're actually in the safest place ever so so as long as as long as as long as we do what the, what it says in the word to do with regards to judging experience and 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 moving into stuff and so and so i feel like yeah i i totally totally agree with you because we've i mean we've been navigating this stuff at the moment and God's been speaking to us about some stuff and saying, you know, what would it look like? I'm just giving you an example now. So let me give you an example. What would it look like? You know, you have TV shows where people are contacting people's dead relatives. Well, the reality is, what would it look like for Christians to be on secular television? And I'm not talking about engaging with the cloud of witnesses who are alive, by the way. But I, I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying, what would it look like to actually demonstrate at a national level 
on TV the things of the invisible world. And like and 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 non-believers have been doing it, leading the world into deception for years. And the reason that I'm so passionate about this, and you'll see where I'm going, is because my mum, my mother, and I think I mentioned this when I was on the show last time, my mother was a professional astrologer, and she, and literally a a horoscope reader, and all, the, and she was on cable television. That's what she did. So she would go into the studio. People would ring in. She would say, "This is what's happening." And but, and this is the thing is like I feel like the the. Uh, the enemy has literally run riot over these over these mediums, especially in the entertainment industry, media. And I feel like God's saying, I'm giving it back to the church, but we're actually going to have to step out the box a bit. And there are going to be few people that step out the box more early, and they'll probably come under a little bit of attack because they're doing it by the church, but saying, no, that's not the way you reach people. But the reality is that what God, the way that the way that God, it's nearly like. We, we, Harry Potter was one of the best-selling um, book series in the whole in, ever, wasn't it, Daniel? I'll tell you what: people are hungry for the supernatural. Hungry, and that it was it was an incre- it was an incre- it was an incredible uh, an incredible um, a series in terms of what the impact it had. If you think about it, like it was. It, but the thing is that that was just a counterfeit. And then I've given so many prophetic words in so many meetings over people saying just as. Um, I've forgotten the woman's name is there, J.K. Rowling, I, I can't remember her name, but just as she wrote this series, Harry Potter, God is calling Christians to write series of books that will awaken people into authentic spiritual encounter. People will get saved. And and literally, uh, and literally um, whoever wants to take it can take it and write these things. And everyone in the meetings go, yeah, we're going to do it. But we're still not seeing any of them really coming into a place where they're not yet, like I'm not saying that people aren't publishing stuff, but I really feel like we're stepping into this place where people are going, okay, the way, uh, coming into a place where we're going, okay, I've seen this happen and the counterfeits here, but what does it look like for the authentic now to be released at an incredible level onto the earth where and and where we and this is this is my old message at the moment where we are now demonstrators of the invisible world and saying actually this is the reality i mean i've spoken to you about stories before when i'm in coffee shops and i'm meeting people's family members that are in heaven while i'm sitting with the people and i think i mentioned it last time on the show but i'm sitting you did sorry you did yeah oh yeah fascinating and that's and that's and but that's part of it that's exactly part of it it's actually saying let me show you that this realm, that the kingdom of heaven is a real place. And I'm going to do it by way of engaging in something of the invisible and then give you information that I couldn't possibly know unless it was supernaturally downloaded to me. And that's exactly what these mediums do on TV. They say, I'm going to do this because they're tapping into their their higher realm. But the reality is that we're born of the highest. <laughs> and we're ambassadors of that realm. Well, one of the things that drives me nuts is the idea that um, I, mean, I just think people get confused, right? They think that the devil is more than a counterfeiter. So they attribute full credit to the devil for some stuff as if God has no counterpart mm-hmm. or redemptive application. And um, what we need to realize, in my opinion, is that the devil counterfeits everything. He's not that creative. And so if the devil has some kind of evil thing, there is a holy, 
uh, sanctified, mm-hmm. <laughs> righteous counterpart yep. that God yep. actually has. But we're so backwards. We don't even mm-hmm. have a grid for h- half of the, you know, the cult is doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. the stories that I get, it's like, oh, doing that too. <laughs> wow. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's expanded my, my thinking because I always go into this stuff, you know, like, okay. <clears throat> when I go into my sessions, Daryl, I'm not asking how weird can we get today. I'm asking, mm-hmm. God, how are we setting your people free today? Right. We're going to work together yes. to set your people free. How, how, what is that going to require? Right. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, well, it's going to require dealing with this. Like, that is so weird. But then my next question oftentimes is, uh, how is there a rid- – what did they counterfeit <laughs> to get mm-hmm. that? And see, it's all of these hidden things, Daryl, that I, I think the Lord would love to unpack to his people if we would only open our hands for it. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. There are so many hidden mysteries and secrets and yep. God has for us and, and and the whole idea I think of marrying the natural with the supernatural intentionally um, through the prophetic and uh, it, it's, it's very foreign for most of the church mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't and think that's why, oh, go ahead no that's why and that's why God is calling a company right now of people back into the church to actually help forerun something and I really believe that this is a new move in conjunction with what God's doing on the earth and it, this is actually what it looks like. And the people that are for this is what I'm saying, and people are coming back, but you have to forerun something. And to be a forerunner or to be a pioneer is same, the same concept, forerunner or a pioneer, means that it hasn't been done or not many people have, are doing it. So you're actually in a place where you are taking, where you're literally running ahead and saying, okay, and I know that this is, I actually, speaking prophetically, I feel like people listening to this right now, I'm actually, pro, I'm actually prophesying off your scroll. So I'm just I'm just feeling it right now. I just felt an angel come in the room just one second ago. And there is something right now that some of you guys listening to this show today, you are actually called to be pioneers and forerunners in this area. And I know that you know it. I know that you know it. You don't need to send me 100 emails about it. But I know that you know that that's actually what you're called to do. And the next step is actually asking the Lord, God, where do you want me to connect? And who do I start to process this this with specifically so that I can start to see that start uh, that uh, start to see that unlocked at a greater level in my life at what it looks like to actually start to forerun something in this in this area and this is just one of the things that God's doing this is not the only thing that obviously that God's doing on the earth but this is just one thing that he's doing with the prophets and the prophetic people as he brings them back into a local church communities and companies all right so we're talking about um, the prophetic. We, we're talking about how people have um, not been at home. Well, why rejection has been an issue. We're talking about um, how God is opening up a new move through prophetic ministry and, and, and how that's all going to... Okay, let, let, let's, let, let's take another step. You've been working with prophetic people, training them up. Equipping for years, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me some one hundred and ones. If someone's listening, saying, "Well, oh, this is really cool. I wish you could be my coach, Daryl. Coach us yep. for a minute, Daryl." These people, because yep. I mean, there are people, and I, I meet them sometimes, right? They come to me, and they're like, "Daniel, I, I, I am literally scared to go places because mm-hmm. I, I just see everything." And I don't know yep. how to handle that. And if I begin to speak out of yep. it, it's 
just yep. always a disaster. And I, I, yep. I wish, I, you know, and some people actually do succeed in shutting themselves and their gifts, whatever, down. They, they, yep. they just yep. go flat. And um, yep. that's a problem. Okay, so let's, let's do some coaching here. How yes. do okay. you help people take steps towards maturity? Yeah, yeah. Well, really, really, this is really, really easy. Um, what well, I think it is anyway. It is now. Um, is it now for me? I uh, so I uh, one of the one of my mentors taught me about a prophetic dilation, and I think that that's the that's the best way to look at this. Now, if you know you know that your eyes or your iris they have levels of they have levels of dilation, and so do your so does your sensitivity. Uh, to the realm of the spirit as a prophetic person or say say your eyes say say what you see and so what happens is you move into different levels of dilation now I used to think that I was a strong and this it, this is answering your question specifically Daniel so I used to feel like I was a strong seer so I was like because I would walk into a meeting and I would be I could I could sense something so when I talk about seer I've been to I've been talk about discernment uh, being a discerner, I kind of put. I'm putting it all in the same category right now. So, so, but I'm just using the word seer. So, so I used to go in and I'd have very strong discernment and I'd be able to see things and pick things up and I would, my antenna were really up and I could do all that stuff. And I used to think that I had a, a, a relatively high uh, ability to uh, a, a high level of 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 the seer gift. Let's just say that or prophetic gifting, prophetic discernment. And I remember one day I was in a coffee shop. And as I was in the coffee shop, I remember looking across the coffee shop. I spend a lot of time in coffee shops. We're in Australia. You've been <laughs> to Australia. We spend half our time having coffee. So, so I was in a coffee shop, and I remember looking across the coffee shop, and this was really, really crazy. And I remember seeing colors circulating around people, but it wasn't just as I would normally see it where I would normally see something superimposed and I would I would I would get it quite strongly it literally was literally like rainbows rushing around people's heads that I could see as clear as I could see them so it was literally like the realm had been completely superimposed the two realms had completely merged and I was seeing it in 2020 vision with my natural eyes what well, it was so overwhelming daniel I literally, my heart rate went up. I started to completely freak out. And I remember ringing uh, my mentor. I had one specific mentor for seven years. And I remember ringing her and saying, oh, my God, what is going on? And she said, your spiritual dilation is just increased. Well, I freaked out. And I said, God, you need to turn it down. You need to turn it down. I can't even leave my house. This is way too much. And I remember just praying, God, will you turn it down? Will you turn it down? Will you turn it down? And so what happened was... Um, and you said, you know, people can pray to have it turned down. Well, you know what, God, if you, you ask God something, it's not like he's not going to answer you. So I remember, you know, so within within a couple of, uh, probably maybe, I don't know, three hours, maybe two or three hours, I felt that kind of lift off mildly, and it, I kind of landed a bit. But what happened was that, that I realized that through that introduction, I was in a place where, God was, it was nearly like I could be introduced to new, a new level of dilation, be it gradually from that point, where then that gift started to increase and increase and increase, and it got to the state where I wasn't as freaked out. And you use the word mature, you use the word, you know, how, how do people mature in something, and, you know, because, you know, it says the gift and call of God are irrevocable, so you, you know, some people are just given a dollop of the prophetic, and well, what am I supposed to do with that? And this is, the, I really believe that there is actually a, an answer. 
which is great, and being and being from personal experience. And you know what I think the answer is? I believe that the answer is, first of all, knowing what helps you dial down. This is incredible wisdom. This has taken me, like, this is so bizarre. This has <laughs> taken me so many years, and it's so simple. It's Isn't that just the way with God, Daniel? Like, you just, it's taken me, it's taken me probably... 40 years to get to this stage now and it's so simple and it's learning about your wiring and your function and learning about what dials you down this is so crazy and i learned that what dials me down is to focus my eye or ear gate onto something um uh, gentle and so as soon as that would happen it would actually start to dial things down so what would happen is i'd go into these meetings where i'd be ministering at, sometimes at quite a prophetically higher level and God spoke to me, and I said, God, what do I do? I'm coming back, and I'm just completely dilated. I can't even get into a, I can't even get into a, a, an elevator because I'm picking up everything. I'm seeing every witchcraft thing, all the angels, the good stuff and the bad stuff, and all that stuff. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, buy a Nintendo. I said, why would I want to buy a Nintendo? I said, that's, God, that's not even, you know, I'm like, no, Nintendo, why would I do that? You know, do you know where they're from? And, you know, uh, and he said, buy a Nintendo, trust me. And I bought myself a little Nintendo, handheld Nintendo. And as soon as I had finished doing something where I was really, really heavily um, spiritually dilated at the time, where I was feeling like things were really, as soon as I played just a, a gentle game on the Nintendo, what would happen, it's such a strange thing to talk about. Uh, but what would happen is I would actually start to land and actually things would, it wouldn't shut down, but what the extremity, because when you see something, your your soul realm has to try to catch up. That's why you're talking about maturing, but actually things would dial down and I would actually be able to think clearly again. So it wasn't even about playing the Nintendo. For you, it might be, you know, going into doing some gardening or doing something. But what it was, was is about actually focusing on something that wasn't as in as intense. And the second thing, so that was the first thing, learning about your your sensitivity your and what helps you dial down. Because you don't need to necessarily have God to shut it off all the time. You just need to learn how to dial it down because you actually, God has given you control to be able to do it for yourself. So that's the first thing because you are in control of your soul. And so, and it's actually just your soul. It's not your spirit man freaking out. It's actually your soul realm having to catch up with all the stuff that you're engaged with. And that was the first thing. The second thing was actually just reading the word, actually getting into a place where I'm abiding in not just the Old Testament. A lot of people just read the Old Testament too, but abiding in the New Testament and the New Covenant, actually just reading the word consistently. And I was finding the more I was eating of the word, the, the quicker I was actually growing and maturing and the more I could actually bear up under the intensifying, the intensifying of the prophetic gift that God, God, God had given me, or the prophetic mantle. Oh, wow! Yeah, that's so funny. You know, Daryl, uh, people actually think I'm really weird. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure they're listening to you, thinking like you're really weird. Like, oh my gosh, I hope that I don't have to stand in front of Daryl on a bad day because he's going to just be really weird. He's going to read my mail. And you might. Um, but really, you're a very normal guy. As a matter of fact, you're a lot of fun to hang around, uh, great personality, all of that. And, and and what people don't realize is, like, the wisdom that you're talking about actually does need to get applied. There has to be a come down. There has yes, to be a come exactly. down where you do land. And it's like, you right. know, I, I mean, I, I, I don't sit up there in, in the heavens fighting battles with principalities like all day, every day, like yeah. even into the, like, you know, I mean, 
I do it while I'm working with people and getting, you know, the body Christ and free, whatever. Uh, but, but then there's like yeah. a come down and it's yeah. like, dude, I am so in the real world for some time that I, I, my soul gets rest. Like, cause I don't know that your soul gets much rest when you're dialed up. Yeah. Like you said, I, I like that word dialed up. Your soul doesn't get much rest and you can go into really bad fatigue places if you don't mm-hmm. S- mm-hmm. get some kind of come down regularly. Yep. Um, yep. Every day. Mm-hmm. You can't have your antenna up. I used to hang out with prophets all the time, like all the time. And do you know what they're, because uh, I just, anyone that's carrying any prophetic wisdom, I just wanted to learn. I still do, obviously. I just wanted to learn. And I said, how do you start, how, what do you do to shut it off? And they would say things like, and every prophetic person would say the same thing that, that had any level of maturity. They would say, you can't always have your antenna up. And do you know what that spoke to me about, Daniel? Hmm. It spoke to me about the, the ability I have to put my antenna down. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm actually in charge. I'm actually in charge or in control here. I can actually choose to turn it on or turn it off. And if you've ever moved in the realm of the spirit, you can actually make a decision to engage or not engage. And that's what we're talking about now is we're talking about what it looks like for you to land. If it, if it's quite an ex- it's like landing on a plane. You know, you don't just bang land on the on the ground. You know, there's a gradual process of bringing yourself down. And so it's learning about how you're wired, what your gradual process of bringing yourself down. I just don't sit. So this is really important. I don't just sit and play Nintendo. That lasts. That can last, I wouldn't say probably more than 20 or 30 minutes would be extreme amount of time. Only 20, just to bring myself down. Then I go, as you said, then I go and play with my family. Have a, you know, I go, and, I go and play with my two-year-old son. I go shopping. I go, and, I go and hit something out in my office. I do normal stuff. And I just feel like that's so, so important. This is really, really good for people. But, you know, so it's learning about how you dial down best, how you rest, and then what it looks like for you to not be relevant to the world, because then that's even putting it in a ministry context or, you know, in a context where I'm trying to impact people, just doing life, enjoying yourself, playing golf, doing the things that you want to do, and then and then finding that, because that actually opens up the Psalm 23 realm, I really believe, where it says that he leads me beside I really believe that's a realm in itself, but I really believe when it says he leads me uh, beside still waters and it says he restores my soul. And there's a place of refreshing where God knows the things that you enjoy doing actually bring that Psalm 23 reality of refreshment to your soul back where you can actually, it's nearly like that word refresh, it can, it can nearly mean like reset. And I feel like that's a really good word, Daniel, is prophetic people need to be able to learn what it is to reset again. And then you start, and then you start again. I just think it's so, so important. My goodness. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> I like that term, prophetic dilation. Now, I, I, I want to talk about this a, a bit. Okay. So, back to prophets coming home. Is there more on this subject you haven't gotten to yet? Yeah. I mean, well, as I said to you before, I'm. I'm, I'm writing a book at the moment about the about the reality of this, and I, I feel like what it is is that there's a. It's not just. This isn't just about you know, uh, prophetic people coming back into local church context, and you know, uh, and now we're here and we're going to do everything that we're, uh, you know, everything that it's like. I think we have a funny idea sometimes that, and I'm not trying to say that prophetic people aren't in a church context. So for those people that are actually you know going uh, you know part of part of a local church assemblies and all of this stuff for you 
what what I believe is happening is that there's there's a, a in conjunction with a, an awakening of your mandate to know more of what it looks like for you, uh, your mission and assignment. Uh, within that local church context, I feel like that's what it is. So I feel like what it is is, let's say, this prophets are coming home, but also prophets are being brought into a place of context now. And I believe that a lot of the time, this what your earlier question was about was about context. Mm-hmm. And you were saying, you know, you, you were saying, you know, what? Do, how do people fit? Like, what? What is it? What is the role? What is the function? And I feel that's like awesome. that's what's happening at the moment. And the funny thing is. I don't believe that we actually have the answer yet, or all of the answer, only only at little snippets, because I believe that God is still unpacking what this is going to look like in, in the coming years. But I do believe that the early signs, and as I said, is first of all, that people, when they arrive, they come home, they're actually coming, you're going you're, you're gonna, to you're gonna be okay to just be, to just be part of a body, like not to have to have any function whatsoever but actually just to be able to hang out because you, because really your local tribe your local assembly that that is your family that's who they are family it's your brothers and sisters it's where god has called you that is his 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 heavenly family expression on earth he's actually called you into that context so what does it look like to go for dinner to hang out to do life you know to actually hang out with your to fellowship for want of a better expression what does it look like in that and then in conjunction with that what does it look like to serve that body in any capacity where serving where where servings needed any capacity like i know some of the you know some of the strongest seers that i'd ever heard of i remember talking to people about them and saying well what 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 how are they like how is it having them in their church and they and and for some of them that had really done the journey they would say i would get feedback like well actually they they are the biggest servant in the house they're the first person to come in they set up the chairs and they're the last one to leave they just help out just do the chairs do the coffee do whatever and that is so so important so that we understand that it's not just about you know what what you know is anyone recognizing my gift but actually being in a place where you're going i don't uh, i'm just going to serve this body and if if i get you know and if i get pulled on in a prophetic capacity that's amazing but in saying that i do believe that there is a re-establishing right now especially in australia where the apostolic and prophetic foundations of the local church are being reaffirmed and re-established continually through the church and what that means is that a lot of pastors um, are coming into a place and this is not that they're not already but coming into a place where again they the recognition of an ordination and it has to be an ordination of fivefold prophets is happening in churches. It's really important because the ordination is is the recognition, and it's actually the it's actually the um, setting up again of a prophetic structure within a house. And then those prophets then 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 equip the body for the for into into the things of the into the thing of the prophetic. So in saying all of that, that's what I feel like is happening: is that there's this thing where there's a reestablishing of what it looks like to uh, bring prophets in the house. Then they set up what we call a prophetic company, which is where all can prophesy. But actually, that the whole church is called to be prophetic. And then in conjunction with that, as people come in. Um, to this prophetic company, this prophetic assembly, I really believe that as that starts to evolve in the local church, people are actually going to find that they, when they come in, they actually do find their fit and they do, they are in context. Let me give an ex- a really, really easy example of that is I've been going into local churches recently and once a week, a lot of the time, um, people are, they're starting to, or twice a week, sorry, they're starting to f- have both um 
prophetic prayer meetings during the week where where most of the congregation are going is prophetic intercession prophetic worship and you've got the prophetic people coming and they're actually free to release what they feel like the lord is speaking but both over the local church or over the region or even nationally and then people can actually come into an agreement well that's actually prophetic people finding their fit and finding that and that's in a local church meeting but what is also happening daniel which is the most exciting i think is is in the word it says, you know, it says let two or more prophets speak. Well, what's actually happening is that with the raising up and identifying of prophets in local congregations, we're actually going to Sunday services and we're hearing from more than one prophetic voice in local church services on a Sunday. So what's happening is that it's not just we go in and we get the word, we do the offering, we have a cup of tea and then we go home, but we're actually hearing what the what the Lord is saying in congregations, two or more prophetic people speaking on a Sunday service. And then what's happening is that the body is actually being equipped according to what the Lord is speaking. He's actually being equipped to be able to move according to the mandate that God is speaking out over the local church and over the region. So it's not just individual, it's actually bringing the body into a place of movement as we move according to the preceding word of God. And that's how we're supposed to live. Now, I, I want to ask you a, um, a technicality question. Why is it, Daryl, that you can get around a group of people and suddenly their prophetic ability goes up? There is a spiritual dynamic behind that. How do you see that working? And and, and it's not yeah. just prophetic; it's other gifts as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how do you see that playing out? Okay, so so I think that's that's really really cool. What we what um, I was I used to be in a church in Sydney, and my uh, the old pastors there were incredible. They weren't just pastors; they're apostolic prophetic couple. But they would always say. You know, you're going to come into this church and your prophetic gift is going to go through the roof. But when you go out, you might not find it's operating at that level again. And what happens is that, that we become partakers of what other people have traded in. And so what happens is if I have, um, say, for, uh, see, first of all, let's just say this. I believe that everything in the kingdom in terms of spirit, let's talk about this spiritual endowment, spiritual um, empowerment. I believe that everything's impartable. And I believe that hunger can draw or tease that out as well. So I believe that everything is impartable because I believe, you know, Paul says, I long to see uh, Romans one eleven. I long to be with you in order that I might be able to impart a spiritual gift in order that you would be strengthened. So I believe that according to someone's inheritance, that what you carry and what you have contended for, that that reality is actually impartable. So in terms of the increase of the prophetic, I believe that if someone is contended, let me give you an example. Someone has contended, uh, contended for words of knowledge. I believe that what happens then is they have, they actually open up. Let's, for want of a better word, they open up a realm of the prophetic. Or say, someone's, as I said, contended for words of knowledge. They open up a realm of words of knowledge, and that realm is actually a spiritual reality that exists around them and within them so when people come into their vicinity they actually step into a realm of words of knowledge so what happens is they might hang out so i'll give you an example sometimes in a home group setting you might have a very prophetic person running a home group and you go and sit in that home group and suddenly you're prophesying over people and you're getting words of knowledge over people that and you're going wow my gifting's gone through the roof it's actually not necessarily that your gifting has gone through the roof it is but it's not because what you're actually doing is you're sitting under somebody that's actually contended and broke open around the prophetic and now 
by you sitting there, you're actually being activated up to a new level. And there's an incredible uh, prophet called Dan McCullum, and he says that what happens is you can actually experience something uh, by way of um, you know becoming more prophetic, hanging out with someone. But then when you leave, if you actually steward that, you keep stewarding it for a number of weeks. I think he said for about four weeks. I can't remember exactly, but he's an incredible. He started the School of the Prophets with Chris Vallotton years or the Bethel School of Ministry years ago with Chris Vallotton. Um, but he said that if you actually steward that afterwards, you it can actually become yours. And we actually had an incredible meeting last night. And I know you've had Todd Weatherly on your, on your, and this is a great example, on, on your show just of late, just recently again. And Todd's a very good friend of mine. I've been working with him for a long time now. But, but what happened last night is that we moved into a realm of faith. Now, Todd had been doing nothing but engaging in the realm of faith for weeks and weeks and weeks. Suddenly, he picks up the microphone. And there is a realm of faith in the room, and immediately we're tag teaming on the uh, on the on on the stage. And I'm and I get this thing in my spirit, and I'm saying the reason that you guys are feeling this impartation of faith right now is because faith's here. But God is saying that you actually have to go home and steward it because you're actually partaking of Todd's faith right now. And so what happens is you can contend when you're with someone. Uh, say so you're someone you're with someone of faith you can contend at that moment for something but what god wants you to do is then steward what you received then in order that it can actually become yours and part of your inheritance it's very exciting i love that okay now the next step is to be on the other side of the uh, uh you, you, i love that answer you know and this is something i've observed too you know you get around people that move in the realm of miracles suddenly you begin to pray for people and you see miracles happen you're like yep. Oh my gosh! And and if you you know if you're a newbie and a novice or whatever, you you can let that get to your head. And of course, we need to mature out of that yep. and so whatever. This is something that it, you you could track it and follow it, which is why I asked you the question. I, and and so you, you know this is really cool. However, if a person wants to be the guy or the girl that contends to break something open daryl what does that journey look like okay so if you want to be the person that's actually contending to break something open first of all i believe it's all um conduce oh sorry it's all conditional on you hearing the voice of the lord i don't believe that you can actually surpass that i do believe that they're okay so in saying that i do believe that you can you know we can read the bible like you talked before and you go okay there's a promise here and i'm contending on the word with all the promises and you do it like that but i really feel like what happens is that instead of like you said before i love what you said before daniel about just kind of you kind of pray all these things and you kind of shoot you're shooting in the dark and you're hoping it's like darts it's so funny because i'm actually holding a dart right now as i'm talking to you Um, but it's like darts isn't it it's like you're playing a game of darts but you're blindfolded and you're hoping that one of them will actually hit the board and and this is and this is the thing um which is what i love um this is the thing if we listen it's like reading the bible i've never ever been able to do a bible reading plan ever in my whole life there's been i've never it is you know i've printed them off i had them stuck into my bible i'm like okay i'm gonna really read it this year and i would sit down and i would do two days and (laughs) and then i would be like why what what why can't i read it and he said and and i felt the holy spirit say because because you don't read like that that's actually not your wiring and and I i started to understand that when i read the word i read the word every day 
But when I read the word, I read it with the Lord. I say, God, who am I reading about today? And he'll say, I want you to read about Jacob. I want you to read about Peter. I want you to, and he's quickening to me the things that he's wanting me to do. So, it, and this is answering your question right now. It's all, so this is what it's about. When or part of what I believe it is, is when we're called to contend for a particular area, it's God actually, God inviting us, first of all, to be able to contend for that particular area. And I really believe that it comes out of a place of hunger first. Now, we've been talking a lot about the sevenfold spirit of God and I really believe that where it says it talks about it talks about in the book of Chronicles we all know the scripture and it says the eyes of the Lord they say roam to and fro upon the earth looking for those whose hearts are fully devoted to him in order to support them or whatever you know it depends what version you have but we know that the eyes of the Lord are the sevenfold spirit of God now the sevenfold spirit of God and I don't want to go into this too much but we've been teaching on this recently but the sevenfold spirit of God I believe they actually run training programs. Now, this is so out there, but I know that we can talk about it. I believe that the sevenfold spirit of God, actually, they part, they work together like the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. But I believe they actually can bring you into a place where you can be trained in by them, sorry, to be able to access new levels of wisdom, faith, power, which is might. Uh, counsel. I really believe that you can do that, but I do believe that it's actually by way of you entering into a process with them where you actually come into a place through obedience where you listen to what God is saying and you actually partner with the sevenfold spirit, partnering with the Holy Spirit, actually partner with them to, to appropriate the things that God asks you to appropriate in order for you to come up to another level in that. So that's the difference between rather than waking up in the morning, six o'clock in the morning every day and, and, and contending over and over and over and over and over and over and over for one thing. It's actually in conjunction with that. I do believe that's, that works too, but I do believe that it's actually partnering in a place of listening prayer where we actually listen. We receive the counsel and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit of what to appropriate in order to be able to get into the next level of operating in a particular gift. And I believe that that's how we get the breakthrough a lot of the time. And a lot of the time through obedience. So you wake up in the morning, God says, I want you to go and buy a tin of soup. And I've said, I, said, I said this actually when you were in um, uh, Australia, I think. And then you go to get a tin of soup and then God says, okay, that's great. I want you to go now and I want you to get a refund on the tin of soup. I want you to go and take it back. And you're like, why am I even doing this? And God's actually training you not just to hear his voice clearly, but he's actually training you in a level of obedience that you need to be able to operate in order to be able to manifest, sorry, to be able to really stand in something maybe like the gift of knowledge. But he's asking you to buy soup, but in the same breath, what he's doing is he's preparing you to be able to call out information about people specifically that will see them broken through. And that's what I believe that you can actually come into a place where you contend for those things, partnering with God as he leads you. We walk with God specifically on a daily basis. And then as we do that, he actually leads us into a place where we where we then apprehend more of the inheritance that was due us in conjunction with with um in conjunction with uh working with him and the sevenfold spirit to equip us to be able to actually navigate and hold those things to whom much is given much is required and that's a really really important process and journey and each person has a different a different area i really believe that i don't believe that you know 
Yeah, I just want it all. I want it all. I, I, you know, I just want the ones that, you know, that my gift and call are really in line with. I'm not saying I don't want to move in everything. I'm not saying that. But there are some particular things that people feel more drawn to. And those things, I really believe, are the things probably that God wants you to be able to become a, yeah, move, move, into, move into what you're called to do, but then become a catalyst for other people to move into what they're called to move into too. One of the interesting things, Daryl, uh, is that, you know, the Bible says um, in 1 Corinthians fifteen ten, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. And this is how God has trained me to labor. He's like, look, apply your effort to the place where I put my grace. And it's like a wow moment because, um, and this goes right in line with what you were saying. I don't believe that I am supposed to be contending for stuff that the Holy Spirit isn't prompting me to contend for in the first place. Yeah. Like I, I see someone moving in the realm of just miracles, you know, and it's, oh, that's so cool. You know, I want to apply my faith, faith to fast and pray and strive and, you know, whatever to, to apprehend that. But really the Holy Spirit's saying, well, my grace is on bringing you into the discerning of spirits. That, yep. I don't have that. It's not right now. So I have a two options. I can either spin my wheels trying to manifest something that God isn't actually holding my hand and pulling me towards. Or I can just take the journey God has for me and and enter the, yeah. this grace. And when the grace is there, it, there's, there's a bit of, it's almost like effortless labor. And um, yes, that that to me that 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 goes right in line with entering the Lord's rest. You know, we we, we labor to enter yes. His rest. It goes right in line with all this stuff. And, and and so I really love what you have to say. You know, it's not like breaking something open is going to come apart from obedience and surrender and sacrifice. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it shouldn't come with striving and. No, never. <laughs> what I would call uh, unnecessary suffering. <laughs> can we can we can we go can we go a little bit deeper with it? I, I, I love this. This is so cool. I really believe that. See, I really believe that when you access grace, um, this is so cool. I believe that you actually access angelic posts that that um, minister to you a realm of peace in order for you to be able to, for, to sorry to fulfill um, the mandate that God that God has for you uh, uh, to, to put this in a biblical context it talks about angels hastening to the word of God we know that we, you know we, we get that but but angels can't operate angels don't operate and you know this already uh, Daniel talked about this a lot but they need to operate within the context of what God is speaking so this is what I feel like what happens is when we get into a place where we get an our idea and not the God idea, what happens is we go, okay, I, I see this and I really want to do it. And it becomes so dry and we're working, 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 working over this thing. But I, I really, exactly what you're saying, I really believe that what happens is that when we get into a place where we access, where we start to access what the Lord is saying, the leading of the Lord, what it looks like, and I understand what you're saying about going through suffering and because you do it, it just look, it's what it looks like. But when you walk into that place of obedience, you actually access, I really believe, 
different and let's just say this different angels will actually come and minister to you along the way and they actually make it easier much easier and so we know that because jesus went through a really really hard time didn't he led by the spirit of god in the in the wilderness but what happens directly after that in the book of Matthew? What does Matthew say happened? It says, and then the angels came and ministered to Jesus. And so I feel like that's that's what happens. You actually become uh, uh, you actually become a target for the ministry of the angels of heaven when you partner with God in this place of contending for this next thing or contending for this gift. You actually partner with heaven in ways that you wouldn't we we don't, we can't even believe. And we think sometimes it's like wow, it just feels so easy. But actually, sometimes what we're experiencing when we're saying things like I f- it feels so easy is we're actually experiencing a buffer or a buffering from both the Holy Spirit himself but also from the angelic and it's that buffering that comes that actually allows us to be able to sustain under the pressure sometimes that we need to go through I believe that we need to it, it is what it is you've got to be kind of I feel like sometimes we go through these processes and we're like yeah I'm, you know I'm, I'm getting stronger I'm getting stronger and, and I think that we are getting stronger, but I like to look at it as we're actually getting re you're getting molded. It's actually being molded. It's actually it's actually you are being you are being you're being prepared for something and you're being molded by the hand of hand of the Lord. You know, like the clay. And it's it's painful. You know, you got you're a diamond, but you know, you've got to chip that coal away. It's like the pressure has to come, you know, and, and it's that pressure that actually prepares us to be able to move into and this is so cool. And I'm just gonna say one thing. Um this is so cool. I feel like a lot of the time, God spoke to me about five years ago, and he said, I was in a public meeting. He said, I want you to speak this out. How many people are going through a hard time? And, you know, and gosh, that's not, it's a generic prophetic word. It sounds like it, doesn't it? And everyone's putting their hand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God had never spoken to me this before. And, and, I, and he said, people are going through a hard time. They're feeling incredible pressure from every side, but I'm actually just answering their prayer. And I was like, what do you mean you're answering the prayer? You don't bring any affliction upon man. You're, you're just not like that. You know, that's not who you are. That's not your answer, your solution. And he said, no, people had actually entered into a season of preparation with me because of the prayers that they had prayed many years before to prepare them for the ministry that I had for them. And they're actually just in the middle of what it looks like to be remolded and, and prepared to walk out the fullness of those mandates. And it's, it's the same thing, Joseph. You know, Joseph gets the dream of, I'm not saying he prayed to the, to the Lord in that context because he didn't. But what I'm saying is that he, he was in a place where he had a dream and then he was put in prison. But in the midst of that, those horrible situations, he was prepared. He was molded. He was he was made ready to be able to, you know, to be be a two I see over over the whole of the nation, you know, of Egypt. So isn't that that's that's just so cool. That is absolutely profound, Daryl. I um. I'm just going to ask you this. Um, is there anything else that the Lord is specifically putting on your heart at this point in the program that you feel it needs to be said or spoken? Particularly for those that are listening yeah. to this. And... Um, mm. <laughs> getting their own promptings and uh, proddings and um, so on and so forth. Yeah, I think that for those people um, that are listening to this right now, 
And I feel like this is actually a prophetic word for people today. I really feel like there are people here and you're literally in the valley of decision. And that might sound like a generic word, but it's actually not. It's very, very specific for people. I believe that there are people here and you're listening tonight uh, or today or whenever you listen to this, um, where you are literally in a place where you are trying to make decisions and it feels like the decisions are really, really big. And it's like, um, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I go here? Do I go there? And I feel like um, for those people that are in this place where even from what I've been speaking about today, I've been talking to you guys about what it looks like to settle in local churches. And I feel like what's happened, and this, is, uh, and I'm going to speak out over you guys, I actually feel like what God is doing is he's releasing a new level of clarity to listeners today. I really believe that clarity is coming. And I actually believe in a clarity, I believe that there are companies of angels that actually release clarity and wisdom specifically. But I really believe that God wants to release clarity and wisdom to people for making decisions. I really believe that when we're in a place where we're double-minded, it actually invites, it actually opens the door for spirits of confusion to come. And I really believe that what God is doing right now is saying, I'm eradicating confusion and I'm bringing clarity. But this is so crazy the way that we partner with that is we wait for the clarity and the wisdom to come but wisdom is actually actually practical application of knowledge and i feel like what god is doing is, is he's actually wants to give us first keys in what research we need to make or what we need to do specifically to attain knowledge about a particular thing so then we can make a wise decision about it and i feel like that's part of it and that's actually part of that ministry i really believe that's coming from heaven for some people today but i feel like in that is what god is saying is he is a eradicating confusion from people today he's eradicating confusion from people today and not just for this month or this week but actually for now for an extended period i'd like to say forever you are actually going to feel like your mind is so clear and you actually know where you're going to go and i really feel like what's happened is that there's a clouding that comes in it says that your word is a lamp unto my feet which means you know kind of what to do on the daily basis and then light unto my path. And I got, really believe that God is reestablishing his word, again, through the, some of the prophetic words that have been spoken, but also reestablishing people in his word uh, because there is a new level of illumination coming so people can actually see clearly again and move into the things that God has for them. So, so, it's, so it's really important that we understand that wisdom and clarity are coming now to eradicate confusion in order that we can move forward and make great decisions with the Holy Spirit. Mm, mm, mm. You know, I'm going to receive that, folks. I hope you're listening to this, and if that is resonating with you, <laughs> you receive it. Um, wow. Daryl, I, I, thank you for an incredible conversation. I mean, this, honestly, uh, program will unpack into at least five or six sermons, maybe seven. Uh, this is a ton. Folks, you, you may have to listen to this two or three times. There's so many nuggets in this program. Now, uh, let me remind you, Daryl is one of the leaders and pastors at Field of Dreams in Adelaide, Australia. You can check them out at fieldofdreams.org.au. Um, of course, you can also find uh, Daryl's contact information there. I would encourage you guys to uh, keep any emails that you want to send him um, reasonable. That is, uh, please don't send my guest 20 pages of your life story because you identify with what he's talking about. I, I, I just, you know, um, 
because he's a busy guy and getting a 20 page email is actually a bit discouraging. I speak from personal um, experience. It's just like, oh my, when am I going to find a time mm-hmm. to read and uh, properly respond? And, and, and so I, I just want to say that, you know, be gentle <laughs> with my beloved guest. Daryl, thank you so much for being on the program. And You're so welcome. Um, you know what? We're, we're going to have Daryl back again at some point in the future. Folks, uh, you have been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision, which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.